With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. This crowd rises to its feet. But Carl slammed it home. Garland left wing. Free ball. Perfect. Garland in front of the lane. Lobbed him. Only pow. And Allen blocked the shot at the rim. Pow with the left hand and a foul. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Cavs Media family. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. The Chase Down is presented by Fubo, the official streaming partner of the Cavs. Watch over 350 channels of live sports and TV, including Bally Sports Ohio, without cable. There's no cost and no commitment. Try for free at FuboTV.com slash Cavs. The Cleveland Cavaliers got an impressive 10-point win over the Orlando Magic, getting that nice final win before they go on a challenging road trip. And joining me today to discuss it is my co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Carter. How you doing, buddy? Well, you know, we I'm doing good. We kind of threw down the gauntlet as much as a podcast can throw down a gauntlet at a professional basketball team that does not listen to said podcast <laughs> by kind of saying like, hey, this stretch is a really important one. And this is we're going to learn a lot about, you know, this team from the stretch. You know, you have three days off. Uh, you you beat Detroit, but not certainly not in an inspiring fashion. Uh, it seems like every, you know an existential crisis was triggered by the Portland loss. So you're just not feeling that good, and you're hosting one of the hottest teams in the league. And as I said on the podcast on on Monday, against one of the teams that kind of was the inverse from a vibes perspective of the Cavs so far this season, where you go, it hasn't really felt that good. But uh, you know, hopefully, you know, but like, like you know, for the Cavs even though the results have been okay, whereas the vibes have kind of, the magic have been more than the sum of their parts. So having them come into town and, you know, give you a good shot, um, but the Cavs kind of controlling the game start to finish, I think it was exactly what I wanted to see uh, out of this team to start this trip. Obviously, like, still quite a lot of work to do, and, you know, it's still going to be really, really unbelievably hard work for them to get to, you know, even to split, uh, a four-game road trip like this, but really, really impressed. I'm impressed too, and I think one of the main keys we wanted to see is this was a team that actually got a little bit of time off to do a reset, right? They had a couple days of practice, and when you listen to those uh, practice availabilities uh, for Max Struess and other guys, they mentioned that they felt that they had made some progress at that time, that it gave them the opportunity to reset, uh, to rededicate themselves to, to moving the basketball, um, to play a complete game for 48 minutes. And I think we saw that tonight against Orlando. I, I thought 
the ball movement overall was very good. There were times where, you know, things got gunked up a little bit and things that they can still work on. But showing resilience, I, I think, is a big, big thing for this team. And when we look at this upcoming stretch for the Cavs and when we look at games like tonight, how it occurs, I think, is almost more important than the result because we're trying to look for these sustainable changes that can lead to future success, right? Building on the weaknesses of the team that could potentially be exposed in a playoff series. And when you talk about, you know, weathering the storm, calls not necessarily going your way, uh, foul trouble. Um, and, and I should clarify, I, I think a lot of those fouls were earned. Uh, I think guys like Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, they, they left their feet a few too many times. And uh, the game was being called consistently on both ends. But obviously, that ruined some of your momentum as a team. To weather that storm, uh, to absorb some of those runs from an Orlando team that was clearly trying to get this win and come away with a, a comfortable win, I, I thought was very impressive. Yeah, I, you kind of just look at how they answered the bell. Uh, you look at that third quarter. I want to say it was the third quarter. It might have been early fourth, so please forgive me if, I, if I'm wrong. But uh, Orlando was really making it tough. And... Donovan gets the ball in the wing and attacks. And instead of forcing up a layup, he holds, he probes. He, he kind of just maintains his dribble, snakes around and finds a wide open George Niang for a three at the top of the arc. And like, I just feel like that's the kind of patient play the Cavs haven't made under duress uh, this season. It's been a lot of, you know, let me just try to try to get something going. Let me try to kind of salvage what we're doing as opposed to just doing what got us the lead in the first place or got us on this run in the first place, whatever it may be. And I, I thought that play, even though, you know, it's a very small one in the, in, in the macro of the game was a really nice microcosm of like the kind of stuff I want to see from them. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to, I want to see them be the team that's under control. That is, that knows what they're doing, has a plan and is patiently attacking. Um, that doesn't mean, you know, playing without urgency, but I just mean like, you know, not putting your head down uh, and just, and just trying to do it yourself. And I thought that was a really nice play from Donovan. And uh, you know, he had six assists tonight. I thought, I thought his playmaking was, was pretty strong uh, overall, but that play in particular really stood out to me as like a, a real like run stopper. You, you, the, the, the calves in years past, I think were really adept at, you know, teams are always going to make runs in this modern league. Like there is no such thing as like a wire to wire win, except on very, very rare occasions where you're just like up 20, the rep, the whole way, mm -hmm. the runs come and you know what the Cavs I think haven't done early in the year is when the team gets it down to eight, uh, they, you know, they, they did what they, they haven't been doing what they did tonight, which was those kind of just gut punch threes. Uh, that Niang hit that, you know, takes the wind out of Orlando's sails and makes them feel like they have to climb right back up the mountain, make them go full uh, Sisyphus. I think he's the one who rolls the boulder up the mountain. You're correct. Um, you yeah, got that right. It, like, I, I, think that's, I think that's kind of what the feeling those kind of possessions evoke for teams that are trying to make big comebacks. And I thought the Cavs just were really consistent in delivering those gut punches and just kicking that boulder back down the hill. Yeah, it, it was funny. George Niang went two of five from three, but I feel like both of the threes he hit were big time kind of momentum shots within the flow of the offense. I thought he had a good game overall. It's nice to see that. But when we talked about the team struggling against Portland and Detroit, 
one of the main reasons we said, hey, like this is probably going to turn around is the two guys that were struggling the most were Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. And when all the support pieces are playing as well as they have been and your two best and most impactful players just aren't shooting well, that's something that you kind of figure is going to turn around. And to me, it was great to see both of those guards have such a great game, right? Like for Garland to go 26 and nine, zero turnovers, huge for him. Uh, I think I'd like to see him take a few more threes, but I, I thought that this was a pretty masterful game from him overall. And then Donovan Mitchell, as you said, six assists, 35 points, seven rebounds. Uh, I thought he hit a lot of timely shots. And um, especially in the second quarter, he was kind of a, a one-man run going off and, and extending that lead. Um, I, I thought he did a very, very good job tonight. And you know, it, you, you say no one listens to the podcast, but I was thrilled to see the immediate change of the staggering pattern as well, where, where Donovan was playing with Jared Allen uh, primarily when they went one guard, one big, and Darius was playing with Mobley. Um, I thought that those minutes were, were very impactful both ways, and uh, it was fun to, to see that. Um, and, um, you know, it's pairings that make a lot of sense. Uh, so, you know, maybe that was just one of those things where, you come out of a reset and, and some time to practice and, and you you go with with that but I, I was very happy to one see them go to it and two see it work out as well as it did yeah jb if you want to slide justin a little something uh under the table you know uh it's just important to note canada does not have venmo you're gonna have to get paypal it's gonna be yeah. a mess um but you know i i think justin ultimately deserves it for uh for his rotational um <laughs> suggestions really turning around what the Cavs are doing. Uh, yeah, I mean, was this the first game of the year where Donovan and Darius were both really, really good? Feels like it. I, I'm, I'm sure I, there was I, probably I, one. Nothing but has come to mind as of yet. Uh, to, just, you know, to this same there extent. just weren't that many games where they were playing together early on. Yeah, that, that's a good point. To, to, to this extent, I, I think this was definitely their best game together, and that's really encouraging to see. And, you know, it, they're still feels like there's more here right like it feels like the team can play better than they did tonight but it's a step in the right direction I think that's that that's what you want to see I think it also demonstrates a belief in what they're doing that hey you know we went through a rough stretch here but we had some time off we looked at ourselves in the mirror everybody looked at what they individually can do better and they came out with a strong performance against a team that's really built to give them trouble like orlando is one of the best rebounding teams in the league uh the Cavs beat them on the offensive glass 10 to 7 uh they almost never lose the battle on the defensive glass and 45 36 overall when it comes to rebounding that was really really encouraging to see so um, you know, I, I thought there were times where Orlando was more physical and, and, you know, pushing the Cavs off of their spots, but the Cavs responded well to that physicality, I think overall, and they didn't let it rattle them. Or if they did get rattled and they did get frustrated, it wasn't something that snowballed and, and caused them to, to lose the, the grip of the rope, uh, so to speak. Yeah. I just don't really think there were a lot of stretches where they just stopped running decent offense you know like i i thought they kind of were running their stuff no matter what no matter who their personnel was on the floor um you know darius getting to the teeth man this team really likes playing drop right now um mm -hmm. i thought i thought darius really feasted against the drop that orlando's bigs were uh playing in this one um just really killing it in floater range some really amazing passes uh and feeds to uh to mobley to help clean plays up obviously Jarrett was in really bad foul trouble and didn't top 20 minutes but 
uh yeah just a uh a, a really masterful game from the guards and you know this is the darius we were supposed to get this is the prince that was promised um <laughs> and uh you know the three-point volume i'm not gonna worry about the three-point volume because 26 points on 18 shots is more than good enough yeah you know like i you can always want more but like i want to be ideologically consistent when i'm talking about this team and like if if you're doing everything else right, I you know I can handle a four three point attempt game, and he did everything else right. Uh, same way and same way that you know they beat Detroit by nine, and our the tone of our podcast on Monday was not super warm and friendly because I don't think either of us thought they played a particularly good game. Mm-hmm. And then in this one, I think you know say pretty much the same margin of victory, and we're we're pretty pleased, you know. Like I just, I just want to see him play basketball the right way, and I thought they did that. I thought Donovan had a couple really nice uh, defensive possessions in isolation against Cole Anthony uh, down the stretch, where yeah. he really went chest to chest with him. Like this is, these are winning plays. You know, uh, these guys are going to have individual possessions that look really, really good. But like, you kind of got the sense in the post game uh, locker room media coverage that. Everyone just wants to focus on playing hard and strong and focus basketball for 48 minutes. And that's what I talked about on the, on the Monday pod. I know I keep referencing that, but it's kind of, you know, like set up and payoff. Uh, yeah. I talked about the fact that like, hey, every team is going to have good stretches. Every team, uh, the, the Pistons have good stretches right now. But like the, the reason the Cavs won 51 games last year and were as good as they were is they consistently brought the same effort game after game after game and i didn't feel like they were doing that uh to start the year and i thought this game this was their most complete win of the of the year obviously they've had better wins uh, in terms of you know beating philly without donovan and overtime uh you know slapping around denver but i thought and especially given the intensity orlando was bringing back and how the Cavs answered that i just thought it was the most complete win of the season yeah, that's the big differentiator uh, between this win and the Hawks win, where Atlanta just doesn't give you a lot of resistance on the defensive end, whereas Orlando's a very good defensive team. And, you know, the the foul trouble they put you in and all that, those sorts of things, like they were legitimately tested throughout this game. And I think when we highlight things that aren't going well with the Cavs, it's always to identify those areas of growth to see, hey, this is going to be an indicator of whether or not things are changing, right? It's not to just sit there and say, yeah, this isn't working, blah, 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 right? Like, we we want to, to see the, the consistent change. And I like that in the post-game interviews, the attitude seemed to be, hey, we can still play better than this. We still need to be sharper. This is a step in the right direction, but we're not going to get complacent. And I think the losses that the Cavs have had this season, um, at least the ones that you wish you had back, complacency was, was part of the problem where, you know, they just didn't have the, the right level of focus. They didn't have that killer mentality. And uh, if they, you know, if you come out of this stretch where you're really being tested and you rise to the occasion, what I'm going to want to see is when the schedule gets easier, are they going to maintain that? Are they going to take the proper lessons from that, right? That's down the road, but that's going to be one of the things that we'll have to keep an eye on because we know that they're going to get up for this game against Miami, especially with the way that... Well, they'd better, given the way the first one... Yeah, exactly. Like, it's going to be Miami without Bam again in all likelihood. We know that that doesn't mean it's an automatic win. 
Uh, we know they're going to get up for the game against Orlando. Orlando's a really tough test. They're going to get up for the Boston games. They're probably going to get up for Atlanta again because these teams just don't seem to like each other. But after that, it's going to be one of those things that we want to see. So um, I, I thought overall it was a good effort. Um, I, one of the things that definitely went in their favor tonight, uh, they had some real shooting luck uh, from three. Uh, Orlando went two of 23 from three. Uh, they, they played pretty good defense on the perimeter, but some of that three-point suppression and keeping the numbers down, I think can be attributed to one, Orlando lost confidence in the shot um, because it just wasn't falling. And two, they were allowing Orlando to get into the paint a little bit more than I think you'd like to see. And uh, it's one thing to run teams off of the, the three-point line and translate that into mid-range shots. But I, I thought the resistance wasn't there from like the that immediate point after you run them off the three-point line. And overall, the Cavs do such a good job uh, of suppressing three-point attempts and for- forcing mid-range. But this was one of those kind of areas of growth where I, I thought they could have done a little bit better of a job not letting them necessarily get all the way to the rim. And that was probably one of those contributing factors that led to the free throw disparity. Yeah, for sure. And like, yeah, I do think like if you're a skeptic and you don't, you know, you're in like, if I'm trying to really not just play the result, you do look at two for 23 from three. And, and you know, if we're going to blame bad three point shooting luck when the Cavs have it, you know, I think you almost have to note the good yep. and yeah. Game probably looks a lot closer if they make three more of those, and it's uh, they're shooting twenty five to thirty percent from three on the night instead of eight point seven percent, which is pretty awful. But I agree; I thought the Cavs did a pretty good job of running them off, and really, I was pretty fine with how they did at the rim. I I, I know that the Cavs are not fine with it, but like they are. This is a physical uh, attacking team, and that that really is you know historically something the Cavs struggle with guys who get into your chest knock you know kind of fold you in half before they go up for the shot attempt like Franz Wagner is one of the most aggressive drivers or at the small forward spot in the league Paolo Bancaro is one of the best foul drawers in the league uh even as a sophomore uh they're bigs Goga Bizzatze and Mo Wagner super physical Mo Wagner by the way mm-hmm. let me just say he might be you know he's right up there with Hardenstein as the best backup fives in the league. He wow. is. I think he is really good, man. He has been this year for sure. He's been he's been playing terrific. I, I really liked him in the off season. I kind of hoped that the glut of bigs would make Orlando kind of let him hit the market. You know mm-hmm. when we were looking at you know biannual exception guys um, and targets and of that elk. I think he ended up getting better money than that anyway. But yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I really like the way he plays. Um and uh and yeah, those guys are big, strong and, and and physical and they and they play like it. They don't play soft. So like they're you know, thirty seven free throw attempts, you don't want to give that many up. But like you just look at three of sixteen from the field for, for Franz Wagner, and I think that's all Evan Mobley, man. Yeah. Um uh you know, fellow draft class peers. Uh, I know our discord has like had a few arguments cause Wagner has been so good this year mm-hmm. of like, you know, who's the better prospect long-term. And I thought Mahopoli sure acquitted himself well in this one. Um, uh, I, I just thought his footwork was really good. Uh, every time I think the scout was really good uh, yeah. on Franz. Every time he went for that kind of, um, kind of weird gather move, Mobley scouted it out and, and, and really did a good job of stonewalling him. Uh, just, a, just a really, really strong defensive performance in isolation against 
a guy who's tough to handle for, for this Cavs team. Yeah, he, he really is. And, you know, the, the reason I brought up, you know, allowing penetration to the rim is that's just one of those things that I have an eye on overall this year. Um, last year, the Cavs were 15th in terms of frequency of shots allowed at the rim. So, you know, middle of the pack this year, it's slipped a little bit to 17th. I, I'm imagining that it's going to get worse after this game, just given the volume, but they do a great job of defending at the rim, but it's just one of those things where you want to, when the Cavs are at their best defensively, you really have that point of attack defense locked in. The, the guards are competing at that level, and uh, you're making life easier for the big men. Um, they do do a great job everywhere else. Like they force the seventh most uh, shots from mid range in, in terms of frequency, and uh, the ninth fewest uh, shots from three. So they do a great job in those areas. It's just you know you want to continue to funnel as many of those to the mid range as possible. But you're right, Mobley did a great job on Franz. Um, in, on a night where I thought he and Allen bit a little too frequently in terms of leaving their feet uh, defensively, I thought he did a good job with Franz, who, you know, can shoot, but isn't a, a very reliable shooter from deep. So he was kind of saying, all right, if you're going to, you know, shoot over my length it, it, with me being flat footed, I'll live with that. But I'm going to stay in position. I'm going to make life hard for you and really force him into a, a poor game, especially when you consider how well Franz has been playing overall, like his overall numbers this year have been a little bit down, but this recent stretch, he has been phenomenal and a big part of the magic success. So uh, limiting him was probably key because you look at his partner in crime there in Paolo Banquero, who went off for a career high 42 points. I know you and I are massive, massive fans uh, of Banquero and his game overall. His previous career high going into tonight was 33, which I found hard to believe, but he uh, easily exceeded that with 42 tonight. Yeah, he was awesome. Um, just, I mean, the whole package was kind of at play. I mean, he was killing them from the mid-range. He was killing them uh, as a finisher, as a foul drawler. Um, but, you know, like, ultimately, like, that's why you got to be happy with this with this win. Yeah. Um, because you, you, you took... Uh, the opposing team's best player's best punch of his career and won by 10, 10 points. Like, you know, I, I, I would imagine Magic fans, you know, if you told them they were getting 42 from Paolo uh, on a very efficient night, like that, they'd be pretty sure that they, they, they stole one in Cleveland. So the fact that they didn't, I think, was good. And I don't think they played Paolo horribly. I mean, I no. just thought he was, I just think he was really good. Um, he, he and, had all uh, of the tough mid-range shots tonight too, right? Like he's going to get to the rim. He's going to finish well. He's going to get to the free throw line, but, um, he hit a, a lot of contested mid-range jumpers that you just kind of live with. Yeah. Uh, man, what a, what a great pick. What a ballsy pick. Cause if you remember, he was like hanging around three, uh, in his draft. A lot of people thought it was going to be Jabari, uh, or, yeah. or chat. And the fact that Orlando went with him, it's just, they, they're just a cool team, man. They have a, they have such an identity. Um, they, they're physical as heck. Like if they just add a little bit of shooting alongside that and, uh, you know, some of their, some of their guards, like Anthony black, like, you know, jump off the, jump off the page a little bit. Mm -hmm. I, I think they're going to be really dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Being, being able to survive that punch from Palo Bancaro is huge. And obviously I think a lot of that goes down to, uh, Evan Mobley preventing Franz from being able to give, Paolo, the kind of support that we get from Zoom. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Zoom. Half a million businesses connect using Zoom, a single platform for phone, chat, workspaces, events, apps, and video. 
Zoom enables real-time collaboration for teams around the globe. Zoom, how the world connects. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. One of the... It, the one thing that kind of broke my heart, and I just have empathy for any team that goes through this, and Orlando's are obviously already dealing with some injuries with, with Wendell Carter Jr., Jonathan Isaac out, Markel Fultz, uh, but for Jalen Suggs, who has yeah. been having such a good year to, to go down with an injury, yeah, that, that that was really tough because I... I've, I like Suggs. Uh, I thought, you know, when it came to draft time, I thought he was a clear tier below Evan Mobley, and I, I think that certainly has kind of proven out to be true. But I, I, I still w- was a believer that he was going to be able to put it together and be a very helpful player. And, um, you know, looking at Mitchell and Garland going off uh, the way that they did, not having the perimeter defense of Jalen Suggs obviously made life a, a little bit easier for them. Yeah, absolutely. Suggs is it, it, Suggs has been a cool player, man. They're just a cool team. I I, I really uh, feel like I don't know if they're going to be like a one or a two seed in the East, like yeah. they've been to start the year. And you know, uh, the injury bug is kind of coming to get them a little bit. Some some normalization is coming to get them for the the other powerhouses in the conference. Yeah, like you know, hopefully the Cavaliers. Um, but man, they, they just play the right way. Um, and that's again, why I think I was so pleased with the win. You know, I I just thought the Cavs had to go earn this one. I know they're shooting luck, but like they had to go earn this. If you give up 37 free throw attempts and 42 points to the team's best player, that's a hard win. Even if they're ice cold from three, um, I gotta say, man, the George Niang experience is really pretty good, man. I love them. It was, uh, it was really rough for the first couple weeks. Like almost every minute out there was kind of notably frustrating. Like things were just not clicking. Um, he just wasn't playing. He wasn't playing particularly, uh, good basketball on either end of the floor. And now he just like, I, he, I feel like he really earned his plus 14 tonight, uh, hitting timely shots. Um, Talking trash when he needed to, being physical, a couple tough boards, a couple nice passes. You know, he ran that. You know, just a great vet DHO with uh with Struess. 
where he kind of used that uh, that infamous posterior to clear out a little <laughs> extra space uh, for Struz to hit one of his uh, four threes. I've just been really pleased with the Niang experience as of late, and like uh, I think we're a fit. Like there are times where the, the I feel like the rest of the Cavs personnel doesn't really do him any favors. You know when he when they were like. Uh, hey, uh, Paolo's killing us, so you just have to guard Mo Wagner. Like, okay, he's going to have to work pretty darn hard to do that. Um, but overall, man, couldn't be happier with... Uh, I just feel like this is the Niang I thought we were going to be getting. Yeah, and, and he's been that for a little bit. And I think Niang has kind of replaced Jetty as the bellwether of how healthy the ball movement is and, and how well you're playing as a team overall. Because when Niang's hitting shots, it's that same kind of like variance that you're getting with that second unit that that jetty used to provide and the way that he hit some threes in timely runs for the Cavs has been really good obviously you know i i think his ability to use his body and and defend up is something that's unique to him when you compare him to jetty who when he was put in that position that was a really tough ask uh so having Yang being able to you know battle with bigs and do a good job on guys like julius randall and all that and have the veteran savvy that he has that is a definite plus when you talk, compare those kind of roles. But I, I think when the ball is moving really well and Yang's getting those nice set shots, everything just feels so much healthier as a team. And and I've just really, really been pleased with him. And, you know, uh, Struis mentioned post-game that they were happy with the ball movement tonight, but they still want to continue playing that way. They still want to build upon that. And I think if that continues that's going to continue to give George Niang the, the kind of opportunities that you want, where he's not pulling up and taking contested threes in, in transition. Uh, I enjoyed that the, the broadcast uh, actually showed uh, an interview with him uh, from practice where he mentioned, yeah, was, you know, early in the year, I was taking some kind of contested threes. And now if guys really want to like run me off the line, I will take advantage of that and I'll, you know, take it to the rim. And he's been surprisingly effective in those spots. But I, I just feel like his overall shot diet and the type of looks he's getting is much, much better. And I, I think that that's a reflection of the team's ball movement overall. And also he's just making some of these floaters, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. So uh, it's, it's always a little boring to say make or miss league, but like, he was missing a lot of these chippies that he was generating on these on these uh, rim attacks, and he's been making them, including a, a comical circus and one, uh, or, or maybe it wasn't an one. It, it was just yeah, it was just a bank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, either way, it was hilarious, uh, and he's gonna give you a couple hilarious attempts on some of those rim attacks. But as long as they're going in uh, at, at, at a solid rate, I really don't mind. Um and uh and if everyone uh, again, else is doing their job, I'm okay with one guy being the chaos agent and, and I, I like him in that role. Yeah, and he's doing enough supplemental stuff. Um right. you know, I think I think the defensive rebounding has been much stronger uh, uh this year than uh in years past for him. And I mean twenty eight minutes, uh, you know, that that that's a ton, that's a long shift for a guy like Niang. Yeah. Uh, and I thought he really acquitted himself well in this one against a really physical opponent. Yeah, and, and you know what that's a reflection of him stepping up in, in a game where there was foul trouble and he had to play more as a, uh, as essentially a big man in this matchup. And uh, I thought he did a really good job of that. And I thought Tristan did a, a good job of that as well. He, even though, you know, it was only five minutes for Tristan. He, he had that block on Paolo. Um, I, I thought he played physical out there and, you know, just bought them some time I, as Orlando was, was making a run. And, you know, 
if you can go out there when the team's in foul trouble and you lose the minutes by three, but you, you don't lose that five-minute stretch by 10, that's a big difference. And that was something that we saw last year when Mobley or, or Allen would get in foul trouble. I, I think back uh, to that very frustrating game four at Madison Square Garden where Garland makes the big run, gets them back into the game, and then Mobley gets in foul trouble. And that was kind of the, the story of that series, basically, because if they won that game, they had a real chance to extend it. You know, I, I just feel better about Tristan's ability to step up and, and be that presence. And I continue to absolutely love him being part of the post-game broadcast. I, I, I love him sitting there with, with, with Brad and John Michael. Uh, he talked about how in the, the practices that they've had over these last few days, him and the second unit were really forcing the the first team to step up their effort and lighting a fire under them. And he talked about how that was something he learned over those finals runs, right? The way that guys like Delhi, Shump, and all them, uh, Channing, Richard, would come out there and really push the starting unit, try to hold them to a high standard and uh, continue to light the fire under them. And I I just think that that's really valuable experience to have on on your locker room. And it's great when you get valuable minutes uh, from him on the court as well. Yeah, and I think you really hit the nail on the head of like going down three instead of ten in that stretch is is really what you're asking of him. You're not asking him to take over. You're just asking him to hold the line. And I thought uh, he, he held under the rope and, and kept the Cavs alive uh, in minutes they needed. Uh, we haven't talked yet about Dean Wade, who <sighs> came back a little earlier than I thought he was going to be. It kind of felt like it was going to be a longer absence for him. And I'm I'm really glad for him that he came back and you know, comes out and he only played 14 minutes. I would surmise them being a little careful with him mm-hmm. uh, coming off coming off the injury. Uh, but he came out, uh, hit his first three uh, into the quarter, misses a three and follows it and gets a, gets an easy layup. Um, really solid defense, really solid rebounding. Took five threes in 14 minutes. Uh, a plus Dean game for me. Yep, yep. And, Don't and- need more. Perfect, perfect Dean. And I, once again, hate that we're in a situation where we're like, hey, this team could really use Dean Wade being healthy, but we're there and it's nice to have him back. Especially um, in this matchup, you know, with all these 6'8", 6'9", power time. wings. Like That, that was uh, one of my first things I thought when I, I saw uh, Chris mention that he was going to be active for this game and, you know, the, the minutes would be limited and whatnot. But I was like, man, this is, a, this is the type of team that you need to have them against. And frankly, you're going to need to have them on, on this road trip. Like you look at Miami, Orlando, Boston, Boston, like those are big teams. Those are physical teams. You're going to want to have Dean Wade. Uh, part of the uh, news that we, we skipped over was that Karis LeVert will travel with the team on this road trip. Obviously, you want to have him back. I think with Karis and Dean, you can kind of comfortably go to that nine-man rotation and and limit the load on some of these guys. That's going to be really important uh, tr- when, as you traverse this uh, this road trip. So, um, man, I, it's really nice to, to have him back. I think he, he makes a real big impact on, on the team overall. And no, I'm I'm crossing my fingers that eventually Ty Jerome's going to be able to to join us because I think people forget just how good he looked in the preseason and having a six five guard that never turns the ball over for a team that you know sometimes struggles with, with turning the ball over and and running good offense. I I just think that having you know all of those weapons at your disposal is what we expected coming into this year and, and I, I'm looking forward to to whenever that is. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. 
or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, even, and I know uh, there have been some people asking about uh, Craig Porter Jr. And, you know, I, I think, like, it's okay. It's okay for them not to be, you know, pl- putting him in the everyday rotation. Even though that was something I kind of wanted to see. Um, especially with Okoro coming back, I think it's it's been a little harder to find the spacing lineups that the team needs. And obviously, we talked a little bit about the rotation. And you know, I wouldn't mind seeing him get some 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 uh, reps with the charge uh, mm-hmm. and let him work on the jumper. Let him work on some of the NBA decision making. And I really am just using this as a way to queue you up. You want to talk about Amani, buddy? Oh man, I'm having so much fun watching charge games. I like I am actually tuning in. Anytime that there there's one on an off night, I, I'm tuning in to, to watch the Amani Bates show. Um I think I'm in love, Carter. Uh the you know how he, much I love a This gunner. is this guy is so so very much your kind of guy. He is my exact style. <laughs> like I, I, I love what's going on with Amani Bates. Uh, he's taking nearly eleven threes a game. Uh, I, I think he's taken sixty-five in his six games with the charge, which uh, it's eleven shy of how many he took in his first season of college. Like that, that's just insane. They, they are clearly empowering this guy to go out there and take shots. Um, every now and then, I got to be honest. When I'm watching the G League games, I'm like. How much is this really helping when it comes to to like learning the the offense and stuff like that? But I, I think for him to continue to get the workout, playing against grown men, um, seeing the the development of the the shot, like people forget that was a bit of a question coming in. They're like, "Hey, the percentages weren't great in college. You're like, is he really as good of a shooter as people say he is?" And the answer is very clearly yes. Um, Happy think- to confirm. Yeah, and I think he's looking a lot more explosive, too, and I think that a lot of credit needs to go to the work that he's been putting in. Like, this guy, he posts a lot on IG, and he's always posting himself, you know, working out at the Cavs facility, and I know he was there all all summer as well, and just really seems to be buying in, really seems to be having a lot of fun playing basketball, and 
I just love the confidence, man. Like that that's what I really want to see because even though he's not necessarily going to have a role where the ball's in his hands all the time, you want to have the most confident version of Imani Bates when when he's out there on the court. You want him to be assertive, you want him to be taking those shots. Um when he does get opportunities with the Cavs, that's what's going to be asked of him. So to see him be empowered in this way, to see him come through back-to-back 30-point games, it's been a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I believe he's leading the G League in points per game uh, right now. Uh, I think is what I saw uh, on. Uh, he was on fourth last time I looked, but it's possible. Um, I, I, either way, um, uh, he's having an awesome run down there, um, and uh, it, you know, I I do think that like the three pointer is just so legit that you know uh, he's he's shooting off movement, he's shooting off the dribble, he's hitting catch and shoot, and like. It just kind of goes to show you, man. Like, like uh, if you just if you just get in the right spot, if you just have the right mix of talent around you, what a luxury, by the way, that this org has someone like Sharif Cooper running point mm-hmm. on their G League team. You yeah. know, like a real point guard who actually cares about getting teams into sets in the G League. Like that's not always a given. Um, and you know, and Craig Porter, when when he spends time down there, is going to do the same thing. So, oh, I can't wait for those games. And, and we yeah. should also say that Isaiah Mobley has, has been terrific. I believe yeah. he's also uh, top ten in G League scoring. Uh, you know, consistent twenty ten guy. I do when I watch him, I'm like, he's probably a four five more than a, a five four. Like I, I think he's a power forward, and the the swing skill set's going to be that that outside shot and. Uh, hopefully we'll you know we should probably do a g league update episode or at least a segment at some time in the near future but um you know i i've i've been really impressed and enjoyed uh watching both of them yeah absolutely but uh but yeah that's uh this guy is built in a lab uh to to make you happy this imani bates uh, oh, i, uh, I love i love a reckless um, gunner like he is he's absolutely everything i wanted in a swingman we got to bring back the the label swingman man that 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 i grew up with that and i feel like it's gone on the wayside yeah well i think one last thing i'll say about bates is i think he just tweeted the other day um something along the it's like to, to be honest i'm just having fun hooping and mm-hmm. like for a guy who has had such an up and down um you know rise to to his professional career um where i'm sure the joy kind of got sucked out um, after a while and you know like you just think about what it is to be a you know an 18 year old kid and having someone call you a disappointment or you know uh like that that's got to be hard on the soul so just the fact that he seems to be having fun uh getting getting to play his game getting to grow his game uh as as he adapts to a professional lifestyle to eventually you know hopefully be ready to help the help the big club it's a, yeah. it's, a it's a it's a fun story and it's a great side plot uh to to kind of be tracking over the course of the year yeah i I get to double up on on cleveland basketball games that's that's always a a nice spot to be at and you know the Cavs have a history of you know putting in the work in the g league and you get rewarded with with a real contract regular season minutes being part of the rotation dean wade obviously a big success story lamar stevens has been a success story um and amani like clearly you know playing time getting the opportunity getting to work out getting to practice with the team all of that is to his advantage and he seems to be having a blast and continuing to be bought in and um you know sometimes 
part of my mind goes back to like, oh, it'd be fun if this was a, a few years ago where there wasn't pressure and you could just run like Garland, Okoro, Amani, Mobley, and Allen. Um, but it's it's kind of fun when, when you have a, a team that's this young, that, that has talent being developed that way. Like that's what the best teams do. Uh, that's a big part of what what's worked with Miami, the way that they use their G League to develop guys. Toronto, when they were at their best from a player development standpoint, they would give Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam and, and guys the, the, the opportunity to develop with the 905. So uh, Cleveland is, they're proving to be one of the better examples of, of using the G League well to, to develop teams. And I just... As someone that doesn't live in an NBA market and, and likes to to monitor the G League and, and stuff like that, like I, I just I like seeing the the lower level of hoops uh, going so well. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, definitely uh, a stunningly stacked G League team uh, this year, <laughs> and uh, it's it's been really fun. Uh, before we wrap this up, I, I do want to ask. So obviously, Miami's this next game uh, for the Cavs, the, the start of the road trip. Uh, I think. In terms of record in the road trip, I'd like to see at least two and two. That that would feel pretty good uh, as this is going to be a real test for them. But is there anything you're looking to learn from either this game against Miami or on the trip overall? Um, I want to see how the guards meet the moment against that Boston backcourt. Uh, Derek White, Drew Holiday, two of the best perimeter defenders at the guard position. Uh, in the entire NBA, uh, absolute bulldogs uh, with a lot of size behind them uh, in that Celtics lineup. I want to see how they how they meet the moment. Um, uh, I think uh, if if the Cavs guards get their way, then it's going to be a really fun game, you know. And I, I thought the Cavs really had, had Boston's number last year uh, overall. And I, I just want to see how that matchup has changed with the introduction of a guy like Porzingis, uh, who, who the Cavs should be, you know, really well built to handle. But like Drew is a different, a different kind of matchup, a curveball for them. But dude, Drew said, and Derek White, like those yeah. are two of the best guard defenders in the league easily. Yeah. But with that said, I thought, I think the Cavs guarded last year's Celtics really well. So yeah. I want to see kind of, uh, if if they can bait Boston into some of their worst habits, see how a guy like Dean does on Tatum, see how they handle Jalen, who's been a killer. Um, that 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 uh that uh those two road games in Boston, I'm just really excited to see. Obviously, one of them's on the first, on the back end of a ha- of a back to back, which is tough. Um, so you know, only so much you can learn, but I, I'm excited to see what they do. And of course, Boston will have four days rest. Uh... Of course because they play Friday, uh, their last game of the in-season tournament after losing to Indiana. But, uh, you know, maybe it's uh, maybe they'll be a little rusty. Uh, at least the Cavs aren't playing three and four nights then. Um, I'm I'm interested both with the Miami game as well as Boston because one of the things the Cavs talked about uh, with these practices is that they worked on attacking trapping and, and uh, attacking switches and, and drop coverage. Uh, Orlando obviously played a lot of drop tonight. Um, their switching didn't really result in a lot of trapping with the guards. I, I thought you, you saw the occasional soft switch from them, um, but they weren't necessarily trapping uh, Cleveland the way that we've seen with some of those teams that have struggled. And I just want to see how the guards handle that, right? Like Darius, can he build off of this nine assist, no turnover game where he's not trying to throw the ball over long defenders and, and the it goes for two points the other way, right? Like, uh, are they 
prepared for those matchups and what those counters are going to be is going to be one of the things that I'm really looking forward to, to seeing. So uh, hopefully they can take care of business against uh, Miami. Um, you know, Miami just went into Toronto and got a win uh, without Bam and Hero. Uh, you know, no matter who they have in the lineup, they're going to be tough. But that that's a game that, you know, you should feel decent about your, your chances of winning uh, because you got a fully healthy roster against a, a week in Miami. Uh, you you went in and were competitive and, and won a game, I believe two games even in, in Miami last year. Um, no, that was, that was a couple of years ago. But uh, either way, I, I think Let me that go that... so far as to say, if Bam and Hero are out and the Cavs are not on, you know, uh, on a brutal uh, three schedule, and four night, yeah. uh, three and four night with an overtime uh, uh, you know, emotional overtime win to Philly. Like they should win. I, yeah. I, I think they should be favored. Yeah. Um, and and if they're favored, they should win. Um, like this is this is a good money where your mouth is sort of taking care of business and playing focused basketball for forty eight minutes game. Miami is always going to make it hard. They're never going to make it easy. But hey, welcome to the NBA, guys. Yeah, it's, and, it's just not easy right now. Yeah, and, against and, almost and- anyone. While we hope for two and two, if they can go three and one on this road trip, like if you win in Miami and Orlando and then you split versus Boston, like that would be a huge, huge feather in their cap. And and that's something you can really build upon, because I think what we're looking for with the Cavs right now is are they stacking successes or are we continuing to take a, a step forward and a step back? Right. Like we we want to continue moving in the right direction because we know even with this team playing maddening basketball at times this season it's still an above 500 record the floor is still high especially when when the the core four is all healthy so uh if they can continue having success and uh getting some impressive wins here i I think that would be a real real positive indicator and that's what we want to see and uh hope we will have more wins to talk about big thanks to everyone that tuned in live on youtube make sure you like and subscribe click notification bell so you know when we're going live if you're listening via podcast and you want to support us, leave us a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. If you want to be part of Chase Down's exclusive Discord chat, send a screenshot or review to chasedownpod at gmail.com. However you choose to support us, we really do appreciate it. Make sure you guys are staying safe out there. Until next time, go Cavs! Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. 
It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com.